Quick reminder, any of the visuals or photographs or videos you hear referenced in the episode, you can always go to steadyfocused.com and you can do a quick search for that episode and then you can visually see what you're hearing me reference in the podcast. I appreciate you guys. Enjoy the show. Transition to video from photography like a pro. 10 quick tips you need to know. Let's go. I am your number one, I am your host, I am your best friend, Mr. Simeon Hendricks. I'm so thankful to be here with you guys today. As you can probably tell, I'm revved up. I'm ready to go. It's a great day in Wichita Falls, a great day in North Texas, and this episode is coming to you by special request by one of our friends out there, Mr. Dave Carroll. Real quick, I gotta give some love to some people who are giving love to Steady Focus. Kristen Davis, Ryan Huff, Nathan Ralston, Ben Jacoby, Chris and Christopher Tidmore, Chris Hogan, Corey McCabe, Joseph Trapp. Thank you all. You guys are the bloodline of Steady Focused, and I will never forget. Let's get right into it, guys. I'm revved up. These are 10 quick wins that you need to keep in mind if you're transitioning to video from photography. Number one thing is the exposure triangle still applies. And so that's one of the most difficult concepts to grasp as a photographer or videographer is nailing the right exposure. So if you're transitioning from photography to video and you already understand the exposure triangle, that's a huge check mark in your tool belt. Exposure triangle, if you guys are a little unsure about that, go back and watch episode four. It talks about shutter speed, it talks about aperture, and it talks about ISO. So all of those three components, which apply to photography, they still apply to videography. Number two, shutter speed limitations. In photography, our shutter speed can be very high, almost up to what, one fourth thousandth, one four thousandth of a second. I think there's even a one eight thousandth of a second, all the way up to a minute long exposure, okay? A minute long shutter, right? So you've got a huge range there. Now with videography and filmmaking, our shutter speed is generally double the frame rate, okay? That's, that's pretty much a, a standard rule of thumb. So if we're shooting at a frame rate of 23.976, which is the cinematic standard, then we just wanna double that and that will tell us what we should set our shutter speed at to perceive the footage as the human eye would perceive it. So if we're shooting at the cinematic standard of 23.976, double that, and that tells us we need to set our we need to set our shutter speed to 150th of a second. If we're doing some slow motion, then we want to shoot at a higher frame rate, a higher frames per second. So for instance, we would shoot at 60 frames a second. 
okay? So if we're shooting at 60 frames a second, double that. That tells us that our shutter speed needs to be 1 120th of a second. So when you're, when you're dialing that in, you'll see it as 120. If you're shooting at 30 frames a second, which is kind of the standard for most camcorders and is generally in 2016, 2017, it's kind of shied away from because it'll give you that camcorder look, which a lot of us aren't going for. Some of us are, some of us aren't. But just keep this in mind. If you're shooting at 30 frames a second, double that, and what does it equal? 60. So our shutter speed is 1 60th of a second. Number three, what in the heck is frame rate? I thought it was shutter speed. No, frame rate is the rate at which your camera burns images per second, okay? So it burns those images onto the sensor or the film per second. Uh, as I was talking earlier, the cinematic standard for frame rate, frames per second, FPS, is 23.976. This is what a lot of the movies are shot in. This is what's going to give you that real awesome, high-impact, super-quality feel. Okay, that's, that's one of the quickest ways that you can kick up your video, kick up your film, and make it higher quality, higher production. Shoot at a frame rate of 23.976. Now, what that says is every second there are 23.976 images being burned onto the sensor. Okay, that's what a frame rate is. And if we're shooting for like a slow motion, then we want a higher frame rate. So it would be 60 frames per second burned into the sensor or the film, or 120 frames per second burned into the film. The shutter speed deals with our lighting, and that deals with our exposure. And again, we just broke down that uh, whenever you want to set your shutter speed for video, you double your frame rate. Number four, video resolution. Video resolution refers to the size of your screen. It's the size of your project sequence. Okay, that's, that's the size of your frame, all right? So if you're shooting at, if you have 480 or 720 or 1080 or 4K or 6K or 8K, all of those numbers, those terms refer to the size of the frame of the video. 480 is standard definition. The, the first number that will get you uh, high definition is 720. And what that's telling us, that is actually the height of the frame. These numbers refer to the height of our frame. So the frame on 720 HD is telling us that from the top to the bottom of the frame is 720 pixels. And the width on that is 1280. If you go up to 1080, it's telling us that the height of the frame is 1,080 pixels tall, and the width is 1920. You go up to 4K, and the width is equal to 4,000 pixels. So you can see in this example 
the different sizes of video resolution, video screen sizes. And you can see 720 is a lot bigger than 480 and 4K is tremendously bigger than even the next step down, which is 1080. You can shoot at a higher resolution than what your final output is going to be. As an example, I'm shooting this episode in 4K. I shoot a lot of our projects, commercial projects, etc., episodes, B-roll, in 4K. Now what we'll do is we will set our project, or our final output, to 1080 HD. Follow me, okay? So this is your 1080 rectangle. Look how much bigger the 4K rectangle is, right? It's so much bigger. So you have all that more information so you can cut in and not lose any quality. It gives you a lot of options to shoot larger than what your final size of your final output is going to be. If your camera only goes to 1080, that's great. Render a final output to 720 and then you'll still have some room to play around and, and set the frame exactly how you would like it. Number five, white balance. We can use the auto setting for the white balance in our camera when we're shooting photography and it'll deliver excellent results. With video, you wanna set a custom white balance. Or if you're on the run and you don't have time to set the custom white balance, set it to the fluorescent or the cloudy or daylight or uh, tungsten, use one of those settings. The problem with auto white balance and video is when different shades of white come into the screen, your white balance will change. So in a still frame photo, that's no big deal because I'm taking my picture, I'm moving, I'm taking another picture, so it doesn't matter. But in video, it does matter because we're running around, we're getting our shot, and here I am, I'm shooting Jim, he's talking to me, and he's walking down a car lot. Let's just say we're shooting a, a commercial for Chevrolet, and here comes Jim, and I'm shooting him, and he walks past a white car, or even a, a light-colored car, kind of in the cream, or even tan sometimes. Then that's gonna change, just like that, the color of the screen. And even if you go into post-production and you adjust this, there's still gonna be a jump right there and it's not awesome and it's not fun to mess with in editing. So just keep that in mind. You always wanna set a, either a custom white balance or at the very least, use one of the settings. You can also adjust your Kelvin temperature. Kelvin is a white balance setting that refers to the temperature of the light. If you wanna really warm color, then your numbers are gonna be lower. Or if you want a very cool or bluish color, then the numbers are gonna be a lot higher. And those numbers refer to the temperature of the light. You guys all remember the example of a flame? When you light the flame on a lighter, check it out. The orange is not hotter than the blue. What's the hottest part of that flame? The blue. That's the hottest part. Number six, use a tripod. In photography, we can get away most of the time with just running around, handheld, shooting our photos, depending on what exactly our subject is. Of course, if we're shooting nighttime photography, you definitely need a tripod. But for 
family portraits or uh, things where there's decent amount of light, you don't need a tripod. You don't have to have one. It's not a necessity, so to say. With video, because our shutter speed is going to be typically somewhere around 1 50th of a second, we need to have it stable. Otherwise, it's going to be very wobbly and shaky, which is cool if that's the look that you're going for. Handheld is a cool look, and there are times when using that technique is useful. But just keep in mind that if you want a steady shot, you need to put it on the sticks, put it on the tripod to keep your shot stable, okay? Number seven, adding camera movement to your shot. One thing you can do to add movement to your shot is go handheld. Just know that has a very specific look that gives you a specific feel, okay? Nothing wrong with it, and it's great at times. This is a look that will give you a kind of a real and a raw, like a first person's point of view type of a vibe. Another way you can add movement to your camera shot is with the slider. I love the slider, and it just gives so much interest to our shots. And you move your camera left to right, or you can move in and back. Another thing you can do is what? Put your camera on a drone and go flying around. That gives an awesome look. That'll give some movement to your video. Another thing you can do is called a jib, and that's where you hook your camera onto this device, almost looks like a crane, and then you can go up and down. Really, the drone has, has uh, taken over, so to say, the life of the jib. The jib is kind of a dinosaur, and it's, I would say, almost difficult to use, um, and the drone has really uh, really taking over a lot of the shots that the jib might give you. Number eight, use an external microphone. The internal microphone on our digital cameras, it's average at best. There's a lot of great external microphones that for use out there. Um, you can get good ones for under $100. You can go with a shotgun mic. You can go with a handheld um, just a Zoom microphone, a Zoom H1, all right? This thing right here is under $100, and that was actually the very first microphone that I used when I started making documentaries. And then you can move all the way up. Here's a Zoom H4. This is a recorder and a microphone, all right? Both of these are. And you can see right here on the H4, it's got an input for an XLR cord, which is a type of microphone cable. And you plug one into the bottom of your H4 or H5, whatever you're using, and you got the mic cord and it goes into your microphone, okay, your external microphone. So you can use this and do interview style, right? Like you talk into it for a moment, they hand it over to your guest and let them talk, you go back and forth. Or you can mount it on top of your camera and just walk around and capture um, audio. Side note, if you're using the external microphone, depending on how your camera's set up, you may need an external recorder, such as what we were just talking about, the, the Zoom H1 or the Zoom H4. There's a lot of different ones out there. The Zoom is what I use and what I've had experience with, and they're great. I really like them. Number nine, constant lights versus the speed light or flash. In photography, 
we're taking a picture. We just need to light the scene for that brief, brief second, okay? Or one eight thousandth of a second. You know, just that very quick amount of time, we just need a burst of light. So our speed light is awesome for that. Just boom, light it up, and then we're done. With video, our lights, we need to have a constant light, which means that the light is on and it just stays on, like I'm being lit right now. I mean, these are just standard lights that you can get at Walmart. These are uh, these lights that I have right here. These are shop lights. Um, no, nothing special about them. You can see I got the diffuser on this front light right here. And what I'm actually using as my diffuser is just wax paper, okay? But the point of that is that there's a constant light. It's constantly emitting light until I turn it off versus a flash or speed light is going to give you a burst of light and then turn off, a burst of light and then turn off, a burst of light and then turn off. Number 10, editing software, something that's different. In photography, depending on which brand of software you like to use, I am a Adobe fan, so for photography, I'm using Lightroom and Photoshop. In videography or filmmaking, your, the software would be something like Premiere Pro for, to do cuts. You could do uh, some of your audio within Audition. You might even use After Effects. Some people use that to do coloring or special effects. Um, there's also programs like Final Cut Pro. Uh, I know there's other ones out there. You could use DaVinci for um, color grades and such. Really, from, from my knowledge and what I see, Premiere Pro and Final Cut Pro are going to be the two main programs for chopping and editing. Again, I'm a big fan of the Adobe Suite, so I'm all in on Premiere Pro. That's what I used to chop and edit videos. And then, as I said, I'll take it over to Audition. And that's what I use to final master audio and, uh, and record audio when we're in the studio. We just dump it straight into Audition and go from there. Hey, there you go, guys. Ten quick tips you need to keep in mind when transitioning to video from photography. I love you guys. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can do it. It's 2016, it's 2017, and our digital cameras are capable of so much amazing things. Let me know what you thought about the episode. You agree with me? Do you disagree? Leave a comment, let me know. Please guys, do me a huge favor and share this episode to someone who you know that loves photography and loves videography and you think they could learn from this. Until next time, I'm your number one, your friend, Mr. Simeon Hendricks, and this is Steady Focused.